It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, courtesy of The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news site for real fans. It's a great mix of national voices that you already know, like Jay Glazer, Mike Sandow, Mike Lombardi, the late, great Don Banks, or for The Athletic, too, and awesome local writers. In fact, one of my buddies, Harif Hassan, covers the Vikings, and I was just reading an awesome article that he wrote about this critical offseason for the Vikings. So if you're somebody that likes coverage of your own team, Great, plenty of that, but if you're somebody that likes coverage of other teams like I do, you can get tons of great writers that cover teams besides your own, and as I said, great national writers too. And here's the best part, not only do you get first-rate reporting, but you get all kinds of great analysis, advanced analytics, in-depth player profiles, and more, and it's completely ad-free, no clickbait, just great content. Pro sports, college sports, The Athletic has it all. So if you're not subscribing yet, you're really missing out. Want to get in on the action? I got a great deal for you. Just for being a Play Like a Jet listener, you can go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and you'll get yourself 40% off a year subscription. 40%, that's a lot. Go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and get all of this fantastic sports coverage in the athletic for 40% off today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And we're going to recap the rest of the week at the Senior Bowl with our man on the scene in Mobile, Alabama, although he's not there anymore. He's back home in much warmer confines, Orlando, Florida, to be specific. Mr. Clayton Smarslock. Clayton, how was the seven hour drive back? Oh, man, Scott, it was brutal. I just want, I wanted to say in Alabama for one more night, but it is what it is. I, like you said, I'm in, I'm in the much warmer weather now. That is definitely a bonus because I think you told me it was 68 degrees. Definitely much colder in Alabama and certainly much colder where we are here in the New York, New Jersey area. So let's talk about the time that you were in Alabama, though, because the more I talk about you being in Orlando, the more jealous I'm going to get about the fact that it's so warm down there. Who were your big winners and losers during the week at Senior Bowl practice? Give me the offense first and then we'll go to defense. Yeah, so before the second day of practice, me and a few of my buddies, we went to the uh, film room that they have, uh, the Exos puts up, and a few guys that I didn't notice when I was actually at the stadium really shined to me. Uh, for instance, oh, well, we spoke about Josh Jones, uh, the offensive tackle from Houston, but the other one that, like, uh, the other two, I should say, were Terrence Steele, the offensive tackle from Texas Tech, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, the center from LSU, and actually, sorry, one more, Ben Bar, uh, I want to get his, sorry, I want to get his name right. Uh, ben Barth, Ben Barch, uh, yeah, Ben Barch from St. John's. Um, 
all three of those guys really shined. They they played really well. Christian Berry, he's not he's not the most athletic uh, interior lineman, but he's really really impressive from the waist up. And <clears throat> it's not even like his feet are bad; like he has a good anchor. He's a strong dude, but he's just not he's not that Nick Harris type that's going to get to the second level uh, with ease, uh, I should say. But outside of him, yeah, the Terrence Steele, Ben Barch, really like them. I'm going to dive into their tape because I haven't watched any of their tape heading into this week. But I really like those guys. And then if you want to go to receiver, we got Van Jefferson. We spoke about him the last time. He he was he, – I feel like he had to have been the winner out of the receiver group. He was so flawless in his route running. He, he, he made a lot of people happy there. And then uh, also Denzel Mims. He was a guy that I was <clears throat> pretty intrigued in watching. He's a bigger guy. I believe he's 6'6". Six, 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 yeah, he's, he's a tall dude, but he was uh, very impressive. He moved a lot faster than I thought he was going to be, especially in and out of his cuts. He was able to get some <clears throat> create some separation on those uh, on those slants, on those ins, outs, all those. And uh, I really I really liked him. Outside of those guys, and there's a few other ones that really that kind of stood out a little bit, but those were like the five that I really took away from watching the tape, watching the tape back from the first practice and watching the uh, day. What about on defense? On the defensive side, this is another one where I, I didn't see it at first, but going back on tape, he really shines. That was uh, Joshua Uche. He's the edge, I guess he's an edge and a linebacker. He's another one. I mentioned how they had Anthony Jennings moving around edge and in space. They're doing the same thing with Uche. And Uche is looking really good at both uh, both parts of it. So as an edge rusher, he's getting really uh, he's getting really good bend. He shows good speed. He's a little longer than we thought we was, he was going to uh, be coming out. But he looks really good. And in coverage, and the linebackers really aren't showing up this week, um, or at least they haven't the first two days. And Uche's, he might be the best-looking one there, and he's not even a real off-ball linebacker. So he's going to be a really intriguing guy to see what happens at the next level whether a team's going to want him coming off the edge or maybe going into that Will or Sam position at the next level, most likely Sam. But, but yeah, he was really impressive, as well as uh, Marlon Davidson. I do not know how I missed this guy. He was, he was absolutely amazing the first day of practice. He couldn't be stopped. And unfortunately, he had an ankle injury that kept him out day two and now day three. But uh, and that day one was so impressive that that alone is going to get people talking in the NFL. I mean, it's a lot like what uh, Nathan Shepard went through uh, in day one of the senior bowl practice a couple of years ago. He dominated. Everyone was talking about him, and he had an injury. couldn't play the, first, the second and third days of practice. Missed the game, obviously. And he got into a third-round pick. And granted, he was also an older prospect and went to a very small school. But Marlon Davidson went to Auburn, and he has it on the tape. He did it in, uh, in Mobile. And Daniel Jeremiah had him as a late first-round pick in his, his most recent mock draft. So those are some guys on the defensive side that I really liked. Also, uh, I know I mentioned Darnay Holmes. He impressed again. And Dane Jackson, the cornerback from Pittsburgh. He's not the biggest guy. He's, I believe he's six foot, uh, 190. I think he weighed in at. And he was he was a lot like Darnay Holmes. Like he, he wasn't the biggest guy, as I mentioned. But he really stuck with his guys. Very quick. A little more physical than I thought he was going to be. He played more zone at Pittsburgh. But he's shown re- – he was- playing really well in the one-on-ones, which not a lot of people were expecting. So those are the guys <clears throat> that I really took away from that I think could make a difference, especially on this Jets defense, because as we all know, the Jets need cornerbacks and edge rushers. 
Give me some losers on the offensive side of the ball. Whose stock decreased? So on offense, there's a couple guys that I really wanted to like. I mentioned before, Nick Harris. Really wanted to like him because I, I, I do like his tape a good amount, but there were some concerns. And those concerns that I had kind of stood out in Mobile, like the strength, the lower body. And the anchor wasn't quite there at Washington, and he was getting pushed around in uh, in Mobile, unfortunately, because I mean, he's going against some of the some of the best prospects there are. He's not going against those those low tier guys from the Pac-12 that won't make the NFL or maybe even the CFL or XFL. Like he's going against guys that will be drafted, whether it's this league or another league. So it's kind of unfortunate his strength hasn't really shown up here. I, we, we're all going to love his quickness. That, there's never been a doubt about that. But it, this kind of relegates him to a certain kind of offense that not every team is going to need is going to need him for. And then also there's Courtney Davis, uh, the receiver from uh, from Texas A&M. I like him too on film heading in here, and I kind of expected him to have like he's a really smooth guy. Like his feet are, are really good, and you can see that he's worked on it a little bit, but the hands just never showed up. Like he, he dropped so many balls uh, that I believe there was one, I think I tweeted it yesterday during the, uh, during the practice, he dropped two in a row and those weren't the only two drops he had. So that's, that was the only thing. And uh, obviously like you could look good in every other part of the game, but if you don't catch the ball, you can't catch the ball. And like, you're not going to be an NFL receiver. That's all it comes down to. So those are two guys I, I wanted to like, but just didn't quite show up. And there are a couple of losers that I, I didn't really know of, but they just did not play well. Like Colton McK- uh, McKibbitts, the off the tackle from West, uh, West Virginia, he lost so many reps consistently. Actually, yeah, that's the guy who uh, who lost to Alton Robinson, who I was mentioning the other day. He lost three reps to three different people in a row, and believe me, those were not the only three reps he lost. He was losing quite handily a lot of the times. And um, I will say, actually, a lot of the tight ends did not impress uh, if any of the tight ends, they just never really caught my eye. I, I, I'm I'm trying to watch tight ends every. Now, I was trying to watch tight ends every now and again, but no one was dominating. There weren't really nice catches. There were a lot of drops from a few different guys. Uh, no great blockers. It's it just I don't know. The position didn't live up to the hype because this was supposed to be a pretty decent group in Mobile, but it just never really showed up. How about some losers on defense? So um, there's a couple. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go with the Gator here, uh, Jabari Zuniga, he, uh, the edge rusher, I should say, uh, from Florida. <sighs> unfortunately, he's, I don't know if I saw him win a rep. He was getting dominated. He was getting stonewalled. He, he was just – he couldn't get off locks. It, it was unfortunate to see because I really do like him. I really like his tape. Like, as a Florida fan, I've watched pretty much every single one of his games. And he was a, he's a really good player. I know in the game, he's a really good player, but in these two practices, he just, I don't know. There was something that didn't, didn't work for him that worked all throughout the last couple of years to Florida, but hopefully he can get back on track with a good combine and, uh, some pro day. And outside of him, there was, uh, Kevon uh, Wallace, the safety from Clemson looked really slow. Uh, I, I didn't really, they tried to put him in a corner too. And then he got absolutely blown away. I forget by who it was. I want to say it was Tyree Cleveland, but I could, I could be wrong. Uh, and Reggie Robinson, he was a guy, he was a cornerback. He was a cornerback from Tulsa, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he was 
just constantly getting left behind by all these receivers. Because this is a really good receiver group here in Mobile, uh, or there in Mobile, I should say. And it, it seemed like every single route he was just getting beat, especially by Van Jefferson early on. But, uh, yeah, I would say those were probably like the three biggest losers I noticed on the defensive side. Any interesting chatter? Did you bump into anybody? I know that the last time we talked, you said nothing too crazy, although you did get to shake Matt Rule's hand. Anything else? No, I mean, there wasn't too much. I, I was able to talk to a couple of people. Like, I'm trying to trying to ask about the Jets to help you guys out, and, uh, <laughs> and obviously for for my benefit as well, because obviously I want to learn as much as I can about the Jets. But uh, let's just say there there can be some. There's most likely going to be some changes on the offensive side. Any gossip going around just with the people that you were there with and the other people that were around, not necessarily executives, but other draft people? Yeah, I mean, actually, when I was when I was sitting around uh, watching the second day of practice, I was sitting next to like an agent, a couple NFL people, uh, a couple TV people, and the name that kept on kept, that kept on getting uh, being brought up was Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert is really he's a big name down here. And I'd be absolutely shocked if he wasn't in the first, if he wasn't in the top ten picks. Uh, we know there's a couple quarterback needy teams, the Dolphins. Uh, you never know with the Lions, the Chargers, the Panthers, Jaguars could possibly take one. Like so, with all those quarterback needy teams, Justin Herbert should be a first round pick. And also Jordan Love, he's getting no pun intended, but he's getting a lot of love down here as well. And I, I think that's really, really big for the New York Jets because, as we all know. We, we need offensive tackle. We need offensive line. And we need those quarterbacks to go ahead of them. Because if those quarterbacks go ahead, that just means that these guys are going to drop to the Jets. So, obviously, we got the three guys with Tristan Wirfs, uh, Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, and Jedrick Wills. And then now we got Makai Beckton possibly getting into that top 11 range. So, if these four quarterbacks can go in the top 10, with, and obviously Chase Young is going to go beforehand. Jeffrey Akuda should definitely go beforehand. I mean, six guys are being taken right there. That almost is that's almost a guarantee that one of those three or four tackles will be there for the Jets at 11. That's what I'm hoping for. My guy is Mekhi Becton, but I would take any of those four, and I'm hoping that if it gets to the point where three of them are off the board and there's only one left at number nine, knowing that the Browns would pick the last one, that Joe Douglas jumps up ahead of the Browns. But we'll see how this plays out. We don't know what's going to happen exactly, though, because at this time last year, a lot of people thought that Jonah Williams could be in play at number three for the Jets, and he ended up going significantly lower than that. So we'll see how the draft process plays out the rest of the way. Obviously, we've got the combines and all the private workouts and so many other things to come. But the Senior Bowl is really the first benchmark that you've got to get through. And so it's awesome that you were able to go down and take a look at these guys firsthand and bring back some intel. Some questions for you too, Clayton. First one's from JetsJoe73. He says, how sexy would it be to get either Van Jefferson or Michael Pittman Jr. in the third round? And so, and obviously, I'm sure you guys can all figure out by now that I'm a big Dan Jefferson fan. I was before <laughs> this week, and uh, it's only grown this week. So he, he's he's my Terry McLaurin from last year, if you will. Uh, I, I that's where I really noticed McLaurin, and he just rise uh, rose so high for me that he became my receiver four. That I, I wouldn't be shocked if I had like a, a second day uh, a round two grade on Jefferson by the end of this. Because as much as I've watched him in Florida, like I'm, I'm more watching the ball on the offensive side at least. And now, this is just making me 
really, really like his game even more. So I'd be ecstatic if they got him in, day, in uh, round three. And then Michael Pittman, yeah, I mean, he'd be, <clears throat> he'd be great for the Jets too. I think he's a very solid player for the round, uh, for round three. And I think I mentioned the other day, like I wouldn't be shocked if he was round two or round four either. So if we can, if they decided to pass on receiver at first round, second round, and then got those two in the third, maybe one of them in the fourth, I'd be more than okay with that. And also, actually, to expand on that just a little bit, they are not taking receiver in the first round. That's just – I want to get that out there. They are not taking receiver. They're, they're going to be – we should look at them going for the trenches no matter what. Is that something you heard when you were down in Mobile, or is that just a hunch on your part? That's, that's what I've been hearing from a couple different people. So I, I, think that's, I think it's pretty safe to say that they will not be taking receiver. Interesting bit of intel there from Clayton. I know that a lot of people have their hearts set on a receiver, whether it's Judy, Lamb, or even Ruggs. I tend to agree with you. Even without the intel that you just gave, I had thought that the Jets would be looking to go in the trenches and that if it's not an offensive lineman, it could even be an edge rusher. But we're going to see who's on the board. And like I said, we'll see how the draft process plays out. But that's interesting to hear that the buzz down there was that the Jets are not going to go wide receiver at number 11. Another question here from Michael Christopher talking about the trenches, as you were just mentioning. Figured this would happen, but seems like Josh Jones crushed it at the Senior Bowl. How did he look? And maybe it's best to trade back and target him if one of the four tackles is not available at number 11, guessing he goes between 20 and 30 now, but he has impressive tape and didn't allow very many pressures. What do you think, Clay? Yeah, I mean, I, he nailed it. I actually just tweeted about that not too long ago. Like, I, Josh Jones is going to go in the 20s. Uh, I'd be very shocked if he got past the 20s. Even even if it's between 30, uh, 30 31, 32, I'd be shocked. I, I think he will go in the 20s. He's a very impressive player. He's had a very good week down here. There are There's going to be concerns. Like, he wasn't flawless. Like, he's not the perfect prospect. So my big thing with him is his hands, like, his hand uh, timing. Because he can get them up a little late. Like, sometimes they, he can get hit before he hits the defender. And <clears throat> as we all know, that gets, that's not how it should be as an offensive tackle. So I think as long as he gets that, uh, gets that down, he'll be okay. Uh so I, I'm a big fan of his. I think he'll be a first-round pick even before this week. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. 
Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from GNerd93. He says, how about Matt Pert, especially as a local kid, liked his tape a lot? Yeah, I like Matt Pert too, and he, he's had a pretty good week down here. Nothing amazing, he's, but he's been solid. Like He's he's gotten beat a couple times. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, he's gotten beat, but he's also had some really impressive, uh, some really impressive reps as well. So I, I like the length. I like his footwork. I like, I like his strength. So there's things to build off of. So I think he'll end up going in day th- uh, day two. So maybe he could be a, a, a round three uh, look for the Jets. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He says, do you think that Makai Becton at number 11 would be good value? Now, obviously, we know that the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft has him going fourth. But what do you think? If the Jets were to take him at 11, would you be happy with that? See, like, I, I mentioned this the other day. Like, I, I needed to, I needed to watch a little bit more back then. Like, I have him as well, there's a preliminary, preliminary uh, grade is around early round two. So, if he's early round two by the end of it, no, I don't, I don't think it's good value. I think you'd have to trade back into the like early twenties at the best. Uh, but I still need to go back and watch. And if Daniel Jeremiah likes him as high as he is. Obviously, there's something there. Obviously, I'm missing something, and I need to go back and watch more because I've only seen a couple of games. So, I'd be very, I'll, I'll be very intrigued to go back and watch. And I mean, for I'm sure all Jets fans hope that there is a fourth offensive tackle just so we could get one at 11 because that's easily the biggest need for the Jets for, uh, right now. Top 15 player for me. I'm curious to see if you agree once you get through watching more of the tape. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He says, gentlemen and gangsters, I have one and only one question. Please give me a breakdown of as many offensive linemen as you could that look good enough to be drafted when you were down at the Senior Bowl, Clay. I'm relying on you here. This has been a problem for way too long. Yeah, so I mean, I already got into a bunch of them here uh, today, but I'll, I'll just name a couple. I, I, don't, I don't need to go too much in depth with them, but uh, Matt Hennessy, I spoke about him the other day. Really liked his tape. I uh, really liked his uh, performance down here. And Damian Lewis, uh, Lewis, he's a off, uh, interior lineman for LSU. He had a he had an okay uh, first day. Like he, like I went back and watched the tape. He was not too bad. Uh, nothing spectacular, but then day two, he really shines. Like he had a really really good day. So. I mean, I, I already mentioned Terrence Steele, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Josh Jones. We just spoke about Pert. We just spoke about uh, Ben Barch. Like, there's there's a lot of good offensive linemen. This is gonna be a pretty, maybe not interior wise, but on the tackles, it's gonna be a pretty deep draft. So if they somehow don't get one in round one, 
and they do end up taking a Caleb on face on like Daniel Jeremiah says at 11, they could get one around two and still get good value. So would you be against picking him at number 11, the edge rusher from LSU? So it, it was, it's funny. Like I, at first, when I first watched him, like I wasn't watching tape or anything. I was just watching the LSU Georgia game and he didn't, he didn't do anything for me. Like he, he couldn't beat Andrew Thomas, and he had, honestly just kept on getting so lost. So I'm like, okay, like this. Obviously, you could see traits out of him, but he can't be a top tackle, which is a red flag in terms of being a top 15 pick in my mind. So, like, I, I just put that in the back of my mind, and then I started. I watched the two playoff games that LSU played. I'm like, all right, he looks really good. So, and then I watched. I think I watched one actual game of like tape before I came down here. And he's slowly like, getting me back on his back on the train. Like, I don't know if I would take him at 11 yet. I'm going to watch more of him. I'm absolutely going to watch more because I know he's going to blow up the combine. Uh, so right now, I'm not sure if I would take him there. But I, I wouldn't be – Daniel Jeremiah, like I said before, if Daniel Jeremiah believes that he's a top 11 player, there has to be something there. He's one of the most well-respected guys in all of NFL and NFL media in the draft community. So – yeah, I'm very interested to see what I what I see in uh, Chase on. Was there any buzz about him down in Mobile, especially in the wake of the projection of him going at number eleven to the Jets? No, I the, no, I haven't really heard anything about Chase on down here. Uh, I mean, because I've actually I've seen that mock a couple times before, so I don't think it's like overly crazy like the Beckham one was. Like, because I've never seen Beckham in the top ten, and he ended up going fourth in that mock draft. Whereas I guess going 11th overall isn't like too crazy for, for Chase on. Would you object from a philosophical standpoint to picking an edge rusher at number 11? Because there are some people like, for instance, our fearless leader, Joe Caparoso at turnonthejets.com, who believes you have to pick offense. You have to pick offense. I'm of the belief that if there's an edge rusher that Joe Douglas really loves and there isn't an offensive tackle that falls to him, that it's okay to pick an edge rusher at number 11 because, A, it is a position that they desperately need. Look at what the 49ers did if they think that this kid could be their Nick Bosa, then that would be a huge piece going forward for the next few years. And on top of that, the Jets have four more picks in rounds two, three, and four. So it's not like they don't have ammo to go get offensive pieces. So that's where I'm coming from. Do you agree with me or do you agree with Joe who thinks that it's got to be offense, offense, offense? No, I mean, ideally, yes. You would like it to be offense to help mm-hmm. out your quarterback. But so we don't live in a perfect world. And we all know that as Jets fans, <laughs> like we don't live in a perfect world. So if those tackles don't get to the 11th spot, and Chase on the top player on the board, I'm okay with it. I mean, it, you, you can't always get what you want. And like I just mentioned, the offensive tackles, like it's a deep class. You can get good players around too. Say you got, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but say Josh Jones does fall to the second round. And then you get a Matt Hennessy in the third round. And then you get some, I don't know, Van Jefferson in the third round. Say you get those three guys in, as your day two picks. I am more than okay with that. If that means you got to take Chase on in the ladder. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I got to go back and watch more Chase on to really be comfortable with that. But that's, that's the sad point. I think you're okay if you can't get a tackle in the first round because this is a pretty deep class. And obviously, I'm sure you agree that if by some miracle, and I can't imagine there's any way that this even comes close to happening, 
But if Jeffrey Okuda is on the board at 11, he's a corner, not an offensive player. You jump at the chance to draft him too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Okuda, he's, he's the best corner I've, I've scouted since Marshawn Lattimore. And like, honestly, he might be better than Lattimore. He's a, he, he's a bigger Lattimore, let's just say that. So, yeah, if, if I'm going that route, he's the best one I've scouted since Jalen Ramsey. Clayton, what should we be looking for in the Senior Bowl this weekend? Who should we be keying in on, and what do you expect to see? I mean, for the Jets, you just watch offensive line and defensive line. Like, that, that's what it comes down to. we got to watch those positions because, as we all know, literally every single position on the offensive line could be changed. Because once they release Brian Winters, which is I feel like it's a guarantee at this point, they only have two linemen, like serious linemen under contract, and Chuma Adoga and Jonathan Harrison. So you got to watch the offensive line. And then, as we just talked about, edge rushers feel a big need. Like, obviously, we don't have to worry about the interior anymore. Like, the Cagney's gone. We just have to focus on the edge rushers. So I think just focus on those positions. And then the receiver and quarterbacks are always going to be fun. So I think you just look for that because the receiver play is going to be really good. And you've seen, and we've seen a lot of good offensive linemen and a lot of good defensive linemen in, this, uh, in these last couple of days. So I just focus for, on those, really those four positions. Last question for you, Clayton. Make a prediction for me. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's winning MVP of the Senior Bowl? We've seen that it's done a lot for guys in the past. The one that really sticks out in my mind, of course, is EJ Manuel, who rode being MVP in the Senior Bowl to first-round status. What do you think? Who's winning MVP? Yeah, I mean, it's most likely going to be a quarterback. I, mean, I haven't really liked I mean, I, I, Shea Patterson had a pretty good off. Uh, pretty good day day one day two wasn't that great um so i i feel like i would have to go with jordan love or justin herbert and just based off what i've seen in two days i'll go with justin herbert and i'll say he's the mvp Justin Herbert is the MVP. That could be good news for Jets fans because that could be the beginning of Justin Herbert's stock going up, which would mean the possibility of him going in the top 15, maybe driving a player down to the Jets that they wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to draft or jacking up the price for a trade down. So keep your fingers crossed that Justin Herbert does well in the Senior Bowl this weekend. As we know, unfortunately, the last few years, really the last 10 years, the highlight of the year for Jets fans has been draft season because the Jets generally have really high draft picks, so we're waiting around to see what they can do. This year, they've got picks in all the key rounds. In fact, they've got two third-round picks and a high one from the Giants. And on top of that, you got the new general manager. Everybody is anticipating what he's going to do. So this will be a really fascinating draft. And this is a window into some of these prospects. And as you know, when it comes to draft season, sometimes you're dealing with prospects that are pretty risky. They might have off-the-field issues. They could have injury histories. Or they could be much safer prospects. Guys that might not have huge upsides, but you more or less know what you're getting. Curious to see which way Joe Douglas goes. We know that Mike McCagnan typically liked to play it safe. Not so sure I love that strategy for the draft, but I do like it when it comes to home security, and that's why your best move, if you're looking for somebody to secure your home, is to go with the people at Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, and that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. 
Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you when anyone's approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. And Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning with 24 hour a day, seven day a week monitoring by live security professionals. Protect your home with Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash overtime today and get free shipping on your order plus a 60 day money back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. Simplysafe.com slash overtime. Clayton, thanks so much for coming on and recapping the rest of your time down in Mobile with me. Really appreciate it. I love doing this with you every year. Wish I could go with you, but this is the next best thing. For anybody that wants to follow you and check out your work, where can they read you? Where can they find you? And also, where can they get a load of some of the videos that you had? Because you had some really awesome videos from Mobile, and a lot of them got a lot of attention, too. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go see all everything I did in Mobile, just go to my Twitter, at CSmartNFLDraft. Uh, yeah, I got a lot from Media Day. I got a lot from the practices. It's definitely a lot of information on there. So if you want to you get some more info, just go to my Twitter. There you go. Follow Clayton on Twitter at CSMARS. That's C-S-M-A-R-S NFL Draft. And make sure that you read his work at TurnOnTheJets.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn On The Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.